listening to the Punchlist Podcast, a show dedicated to the custom home building and remodeling industry. My name is Ian MacDonald. I'm a mortgage loan originator specializing in custom home financing and remodeling financing. With me is Matt Bergwell, division president of a local custom home builder, and Jen O'Neill, operating partner who basically protects you from the most annoying thing in the world, mosquitoes. Welcome back to the Punchlist Podcast. I'm Ian with Matt, and today we're joined by a very special guest, Matt Carlton, founder of Carlton Construction. We're here in Matt's conference room, getting ready to talk about all things Carlton Construction. Matt being a Clay County hometown, homegrown commercial business, and looking forward to talking about commercial, residential, apprenticeship program, everything that has to do with Carlton Construction and Matt Carlton. So welcome, Matt. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what we do, and why you're excited to be on the Punchlist podcast. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on today. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot about the podcast and excited to be on with you guys today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm from from Green Cove, born and raised, went to Clay High, and uh, went to University of Florida and came back and, and started um, Carlton Construction in 2005 after I'd done a a stint with a Dana B. Kenyon company in Jacksonville for about three years plus an internship. So it's been a wild ride. Uh, in, in May, it'll be 19 years. It's crazy uh, that it's been that long, but interesting journey along the way and, uh, just enjoy building and building things and building a team, you know? Gotcha. So it's I, I read that you're, your slogan is to create buildings and spaces that enrich lives. I think that's a pretty all-encompassing piece that, I mean, I think that's great. That's a great mission statement. How did you guys come up with that? What's the thought behind that? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, 2018, um, we were, we had kind of outgrown, uh, the president's, the president of the company's ability <laughs> and it was pretty apparent. We had grown and grown and grown and, Hit some headwinds and stumbled on a actually a nonprofit in Dayton, Ohio, called Aileron. It started by the guy that uh, kind of took Imes Pet Food to the stratosphere and sold it, and 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 kind of made it his personal mission to give back to small business owners. And so we crossed paths with Aileron, and they have been unbelievable help with us since then. And they kind of. Through that process, we kind of threw away our old mission, vision, purpose, and, and we kind of started over. And a lot of many, many hours in this conference room, uh, just brainstorming mission, vision, purpose. Who are we, right? What makes sense? Not just to have words on a wall, but something that was really a North Star. And we landed on that purpose of, uh, you know, creating buildings, buildings and spaces that enrich life, because that's really what kind of what we try to do, you know, and when you look at, uh, Obviously, our, our history of, of residential work, we don't do much of anymore, but that enriches lives. And then, you know, the amenity projects that we do for new neighborhoods, really every, we're doing a, a regional sports park here in Clay County. Uh, it just fits in, you know, with what we do. And, and it kind of, it's an easy rally cry too for our team because they're typically community involved, you know. Companies community involved, but most people are community involved here. So it kind of, it kind of fits kind of who we are. Well, you know your why, right? That's kind of what you just defined. Let's yep. talk about why you got started. So quickly out of college, you went and you had a job at a commercial construction company, but you started this shortly afterwards. I can remember when I was driving over here, I was like, gosh, Matt's probably been in business close to 20 years. You yep. said 19. 
So just talk about how you got started. Why, why did you make that jump? What did you want to do different? You know, I had been in business already and started cutting grass when I was 14 uh, with a family friend, had a little grass cutting business out in Penny Farms. And, uh, and by the time I was 18, she had kind of stopped doing it. And I took over some of those accounts and grew that into a landscape irrigation business, got licensed in irrigation and grew that and uh, got an offer to buy it. Somebody wanted to buy me out, sold it, went to school and ended up at Kenya. So I've been in business. I liked it. You know, I, you know, I knew the jerk I was working for, you know, and, right. uh, you know, so I loved working Kenyan, but, you know, I think there was just something in me that, Hey, I want to, I want to see if I can do this on my own kind of thing. And, you know, I was working a lot already. And I said, Hey, you know, let's give it a try. You know, it was a brilliant idea. I had a, we had a six month old, you know, my oldest son, Matthew was six month old. Our firstborn, you know, took out a home equity line of credit and started out in my house. It's and, called motivation. Yeah, yeah, ambition. It's a blessing and a curse sometimes, but that's that's really and really I wanted to work for more than just a paycheck. You know, I wanted to build something, and uh, so it was, it was that, that was kind of the inspiration. Yeah, I, I can remember Matt. I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was it was right when you first got started. We were using the same construction management program software, and I remember coming over to your house when you had the house your office in your house. And, uh, and I remember just kind of, you know, talking kind of startup stories with you and we were both yeah. kind of getting moving in similar times, but boy, how things have changed. I mean, it's, it's now, now Carlton Construction is a name that we see everywhere. You've got a, a good reputation around town, obviously the local community that you're kind of from, right? But tell us a little bit more about what Carlton Construction focuses on nowadays. So the amenity centers you talked about. Yeah. You know, any general commercial projects are usually a good fit. We're doing a lot of design build where clients are coming to us and saying, Hey, you know, we kind of, we'd like for you to handle it soup to nuts. Uh, and so we'll engage civil engineer, architectural, interior design, structural, all those consulting engineers and kind of put the whole package together. So that's, that's been 50% of the business is design build on some of those projects, Mobro Marine and Green Cove. Um, and, and various other, we just did a dining hall and penny retirement community design build. So you really enjoy doing that kind of full kind of life cycle of the project. But really, you know, we haven't done any retail, mainly focused on clients who want more out of their project, I think is a, is one way to, to think about it. You know, clients that, that we've kind of taken the, the level of service that we approached the the luxury residential with and brought it to the commercial side. And that seems to, when the client is looking for that level of service, it's a good fit. Wonderful. Talk about local projects. You named a couple. What What is that far reaching? How far reaching have you done projects outside of Clay County, Jacksonville, Northeast Florida? Yeah. Where's that focus at? And then also kind of where have those ripples gone to? Yeah. Uh, I, I never would have dreamed that. So we, we did um, one project, with Minto Communities, it was the first project we did with them over in Panama City. We did their sales center over there for Latitude Margaritaville Communities, and that forged a relationship with them. So we did we did that sales center. Then we went to Daytona and started doing design build with them. We did phase two in Daytona, and then went to Hilton Head, South Carolina. I went up there and got licensed, and did a, we did a project with them up there. And then ended up back in Panama City and, and did about a $28 million job with them, uh, their amenity on the Intracoastal Waterway over there. So now we're headed down to South Florida with Greenpoint Communities to do uh, a golf pro shop and 
kind of first phase of a of a golf course down there for for them. So, well, it goes with that. You do a quality job, like you said. You take that level of service to the commercial side. It works through. Next thing you know, those lead the jobs. Kind of you know, follow, they allow you to you know continue to work with them, and you guys do a great job, and it just leads to more opportunities. It's you know just same thing, Matt. You've done in your career. You know, great reputation just because you do what you say you're going to do. You know, it's it's not rocket science, right? You yeah. Know, we just try, try to listen to the clients and do what they, you know, address their pains. Gotcha. You know, it's probably a misconception, right? You think about residential construction, there's a lot about relationships and the homeowners and intimacy with that. And I think, it, like you said, you took some of that over to the commercial side. If people think that commercial construction is just a set of specs and plans and you just go build it, they're wrong, right? I mean, you just named all these different projects that came from those relationships. And and that's so important. No matter what part of, of construction you're in, those relationships are what matters. And that's the next job coming, right? You keep doing a good job with those. You're going to travel the States like you're doing. Talk about just the relationships you have with those customers, with those companies, with your vendors. I assume you use a lot of the same vendors and subcontractors. And those relationships probably date back many years as well. Yeah, the relationship with the design partners is is really one of those design partners architect that introduced us to Minto originally. You know, so that relationship made the connection to the customer, and you know, so we we've you know aligned with a lot of those design partners. Um, done a lot of work with Basham and Lucas, you know, and Glenn Dasher, Wheel Dasher Hurst Wheelhouse projects. We're on our fourth one right now, getting ready to do another one in Nocatee with them. And, you know, that's the, whether it's design partners, whether it's subs, you know, that's the part that I really love is, is really building those relationships and, and, uh, and solving problems together. You know, and I think, you know, when you start clicking with, with certain groups of whether it's design team or, or subs or suppliers or whoever it is, you know, where you kind of gel and, and you're like, man, this is, this is fun, you know, and, they appreciate we appreciate each other and we and we you know you call each other out too to get better right i think that's really what what it's all about as well well i think you hit something there i mean obviously relationships matter and that's a key point but a relationship is not one sided it's you know a joint relationship when we're not only helping each other out and you know giving positive but you're also holding each other accountable sure a lot of folks who or listening to this might be newer in their career of whether they're starting up, you know, one man shop, you know, they're a sub or they're a builder or, you know, a contractor, whatever they may be. You mentioned earlier about the simple rule of do what you say you're going to do. Right. What would be some other pieces of advice that you can think of? Relationships matter. Do what you say you're going to do. Some kind of simple life lessons, whether they're about work, relationships, life in general, what would you say is kind of a couple good rules to follow? You know, I, the first one that comes to mind is be authentic. I think in, in America, in, in our social media masquerade world, right? We've lost that. Just be, just be you and the good and the bad, right? I think that is, um, is really good. If you're, I think no matter what it takes hard work, when you look at successful, like Matt, when talking 18 years ago, whenever that was, you know, and, and the, the climb that we were on, it was hard, you know, and I remember back then, like talking to people that I looked to as successful and saying, how, how did you do it? How did you, you know, and it was either, it would either be them or their spouse that said it was a grind. It was a lot of hard work. It was harder than we thought. 
And I think that's whether you're it's in a job position or a starting a business or whatever, you know, it takes hard work. It's not easy, you know. And so I think having realistic expectations when you when you get into something and start it and go, all right, I'm not gonna make when I when I left Kenyon, I you know, hell I thought I was gonna make double my salary in the first year or two. And I I think I made less, you know, for the first four or five years. So having realistic expectations and understanding that you're not gonna just strike it rich right out of the gate. It's, you got to put in your time and, and earn it. Instant gratification doesn't come in this business. That's right. You got to grind. You got to put grind. One, one foot in front of the other and keep on working. Matt, tell us a little bit about just your culture here. So, you know, everything that we're, we're hearing, you know, there's a lot of relationships, but tell us about your team. You know, how big is your team? What do you do to keep your team, your talent? What do you look for? Obviously, you're involved with the, the apprenticeship program. You're a building construction management graduate from the University of Florida. Do you hire apprentices from the NEPA program? Do you hire kids from college? What, what do you look for? We so we hire out of UF and UNF. Try to we try to be at all the um, career fairs. I'll be at in Gainesville Monday and Tuesday for the design and construction career fairs over there. So we invest a lot of time and energy into those programs, trying to support them any way we can. And then you know I chair the carpentry committee for the apprenticeship program and. You know, finding young talent that want to put their tools on is 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 challenging. You know, right. that's there's still a gap there. We got about 400 apprentices in the program total across mechanical, electrical, plumbing, and carpentry. We got a it's a killer program, but you know it's that's a struggle to get you know just like everybody's having to get talent. Um, but culture here is, you know, good people kind of trumps pedigree. If you will, we've got our core values are people matter, details matter, and results matter. And we try to frame, you know, uh, kind of who we are and, and what we do around that. Invest a lot in our culture as far as uh, training, support. We challenge you, right? You know, I think that's important when we're looking for talent that they want to be better tomorrow than they are today, you know, so that's not going to be a, it's going to be an uncomfortable, you know, there's going to be some discomfort in that, you know, growth, uh, a, a friend of mine, Rusty Bosman, who's an HR consultant for us, he says growth happens at the speed of pain. Right. And, you know, so, you know, we, we like to play hard, but we like to work hard because we want to put out a good product. And, and so we try to protect that culture a lot. We had, we had an all day training session yesterday on, we've been doing five behaviors of five dysfunctions of a team is based on the book by Patrick Lencioni. But we've been doing that for about two years and, and really unpacking, understanding who we are as people, you know, our personal values, how that shows up at work and, and just really just trying to grow the team, you know, and not just at work, but that, that work pays dividends at home too. It's interesting how some of these, you know, some of our, 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 our rough, you know, like, manly superintendents let that guard down a little bit and they're like man this is interesting you know and yeah. hey i mentioned that to my wife hey my wife said she noticed such and such and it's it's yeah. that's really cool when 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 you know when we're doing when we can do some work here to protect the culture to grow the culture to to, to strengthen the culture and it benefits it just outside. doesn't say inside the walls it, it filters out to, right. to their lives as well right. you mentioned values we've served on you know the community board together and you're Thankfully, you brought me onto that board. We serve together on that. I know you're very engaged in the apprenticeship program, some other areas around town. How do you feel that being active in the community, one, helps you as a person, but two, 
again, going back, people are listening, maybe looking to get to that, you know, grow their business, grow, you know, their reputation within the community. How do you feel, one, how important it is to be engaged in the community for personal reasons, but also how does that, how do you feel that helps your business? I'll start with NEFPA and you can say NEFPA or ABC or any industry association. Um, one, I think if you're in that industry, just paying your dues is kind of a minimum starting point, right? Because of the, the advocacy that is done on your behalf, right? But the more you get plugged in, the more you get out of it. NEFPA count connections are endless. The more I got involved, the more, you know, I would connect with local leaders, local, you know, commissioners and, and building officials and that sort of thing. So makes the world feel a lot smaller, right? Uh, and then I think giving back, it serves, you know, it's, it serves yourself, but it serves your, you know, the community as well. And and I love, you know, helping grow in the apprenticeship program and, and making it better. And then just general community involvement, Baptist that we've served on years ago. I'm, I serve on the, the uh, Baptist Clay board now and also on the Baptist Health System Finance Committee. And you get involved in an organization like like Baptist and the leadership team that they have just you you learn so much just from being in the room with those folks, you know. I mean it's really it's really cool. I feel like they're getting a bad end of the deal, right? Because, you know, they're you know, they're just, you know, Nicole Thomas, who's the president of downtown, like we got to know her right yeah. on Baptist South Development. Incredible person, right? Incredible leader and makes it seem effortless, but she works her tail off, man. Like her schedule and reinforces like when I look at my schedule and I'm like, man, this is a cakewalk compared to, <laughs> right? Right. But I mean, it's just, it's, uh, and it's so important to whatever your passion is. I mean, you know, we've got a killer community. How do we make it better? Well, you serve and you get involved and, and you give like, I've been blessed with a lot and, and I feel like it's, it's my responsibility to, to well, do I think my part. Also, you find what you're passionate about, right? There are so many different areas within our community that we can get involved and you find what you're passionate about, where you're connected. And it's interesting. The more you give, the more you feel like you get out of it. And I know organizations that I work with and whether it's mentoring a high school student, I always say, gosh, I, I feel like I'm the mentee and they're the mentor because 100%. I get, I get a hundred percent out of you to know, get, get out of it, what you put in. And so kudos to you for, for being engaged and, and doing that. And, you know, Matt, I know you're real involved as well. And so I think that that's the confusing part. We got two Matt's on here. So <laughs> you know, nobody sees my hand direction when I say, and Matt, you and I went to Birdwell, but no, I think that's incredibly important what you're talking about, about being engaged and doing it for the right reasons. You know, obviously it's to serve the community, but you end up serving yourself as well in terms of growth as a person. You get to be around these incredible leaders like Nicole, you mentioned, and, and just other leaders. And we take little bits and pieces away from it. Yeah. And I mean, apprenticeship program, there's the instructors and some of the teachers in our high schools, you get exposed. You're like, man, these, these folks really care about the future of these young people. And one, it gives you encouragement that, you know, that they're, they're really getting some good, there's some people are pouring into them, you know, so it's, um, that's really cool to, to see, you know, and, and get exposed to. And, and, and I'm always blown away to get in the classroom here and there. I don't get in there as much as I'd like to, but when I do, I'm like, man, it's, it's just cool. 
it's fun to see. Gotcha. And talking about being in the classroom, I think when you won the, and I think I'm saying it correctly, the Carmel Morris Apprenticeship Employer of the Year Award recently, I think they talked about you getting exposure to a lot of the construction side of the field in shop class in high school. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah. I cut my, so Clay High had, you know, had a, had a carpentry class, you know, and back then we, we built portable classrooms for, for the county. And so we were actually building things, which is for the county they were going to use. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They would. So over the summer, they would ship them out to various schools and put them in service. And so, uh, did you ever have class in a portable that you built? Well, interestingly, <laughs> the my uh, Benjamins at Fleming Island High School and the carpentry teachers like, hey, this portable that we're in was built in in ninety three, nineteen ninety three, which I might have, I might have, could have been you, could have been you, might have yeah. swung a hammer on it, but that's where I that's where I learned the fundamentals, right? And uh, kind of built that. Oh wow, this is cool. I like it. So. Uh, yeah. So they still have shop classes in high school? Yeah. Because that's something I haven't heard about. You know, I had shop in, in Mandarin High School, and then I thought that kind of just went away, but it's good to hear that your son's over there and the same thing. Yeah. And Clay County, it's in St. John's. Decoy's got a new. They. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Chris over there, he's one of our instructors in the apprenticeship program, does a great job. But yeah, Clay County, Clay High School, uh, Fleming's got one. I think OP's got one. Middleburg's got one. And all these West Side schools over here. Yeah, that's where the trades come from. That's you know, right. what I mean, really, I mean, it's, yeah. it's interesting. But yeah, they've got a very, very robust CTE program here in Clay County, and the, the school board doesn't. I mean, school system does a nice job of yeah promoting it. Matt, obviously, we're sitting over here in Clay County, you know, getting close to Green Cove, kind of your hometown area, and all I hear about is the growth that's happening out here. Like Green Cove is the next place to be, and it's exploding. What can you tell us about that? Well, the Outer Beltway is you know coming through. They're getting ready to start on the Shands Bridge. It'll connect to 95, and um, it's it'll it'll be a different county, you know. I'm guessing in in five or ten years. But St. John's County's kind of I don't want to say built out, but you know it's it's nearing the end of right. that boom, right? right? Yeah. And so I think you know Clay, and then Northern Duval and Nassau is kind of the new frontier. So you know we're excited. You know, bracing, I would say at the same time, anytime, you know, when you've been somewhere for about 47 years, you know, and you see it, the fabric change, you know, it's like, wow, it's crazy. A lot of growth. Yeah. We've probably got five minutes left and I want to make sure we get to a few questions. So I'm just going to throw them out here and Ian, jump in if you got something else to add, but want to hear about, you know, just advice that you have for people getting started. Maybe people are getting ready to graduate or, or coming out of the apprenticeship program, those two things. I want to hear about, you know, just what your passions are outside of the construction industry. And then I hear you got a, a clay shoot coming up. Is that right? Yeah. I want to hear what that's about. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, just going back to what I said earlier, just be yourself, no matter what, whether you're in business or come as a, an, an apprentice, be open-minded to learn every day. You know, I, I think, I hope when I'm 80, if I make it that long, that I'm still wanting to learn and grow. So I think that's the first thing for anybody starting out. Um, have an attitude of, of let's grow, let's learn, and let's just, I'm just going to be me. The second one, was it hobbies, what I, what I like to do outside? Yeah, what's your passions yeah, outside? outside? Yeah. Family, obviously, if I'm not working, I'm usually with my family, Jack and the boys, and our nieces and nephews, uh, and our dog, Sam. I've got an addiction to RVs. I love traveling in the RV. We've got a we. You've been I, doing that for a while, right? For a long yeah. time. Yeah, I grew up with my grandparents doing it, and 
you know, we, uh, I, I love it. You know, it's, I love maintaining it. I do all the, you know, preventative maintenance on it myself. And it's just kind of my baby. Like fishing and then playing golf when I can with the boys. They, they get out more than I do. But yeah. And then the, the golf tournament. So my team many years ago, they would do something for me at Christmas and, and they kind of, gathered up some money and got me some nice gift cards and asked me a couple months later, Hey, what did you buy with a gift card? And I'm like, Oh, I think it's on my nightstand. I need to, I need to. And so they quit doing that and they started doing toy, a toy drive every year in honor of Jack and I. And that grew and grew and grew. And then they started a foundation and had a golf tournament. And we just had our second annual golf tournament in October and they're killing it. And we sponsored the toy closet at, at Fleming Allen, Baptist Clay Fleming. And, so that's where the money goes in partnership with, with Wolfson Children's Hospital. And so they sold out the golf tournament two years in a row. So now that we've got our first annual clay shoot in March, March 26th, and I'm just couldn't be more proud of the team and what they've done and, and given back substantially to the community. And so it's just, it's humbling to see, you know. Yeah. And what does that benefit? It goes into, you said, the toy closet. Yeah. Expand on that just a so, little bit. Uh, you know, I didn't realize this until I got involved in Baptist, but the the doctors there, uh, particularly emergency room doctors, or if somebody's extended stay, would like to give a little toy or something to the child because they're scared, right? Yeah. They're, they're in the hospital. It's a scary yeah. place. So they're trying to make it better. Right. And to try to make them comfortable. And it's amazing how many toys they give out every month. And so we just keep that toy closet stocked. I mean, it's up. thousands of dollars a month to keep it stocked. And, and then, you know, we do a toy drive at the end of the year for kids that are in hospitalized kind of long term. And so, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's what it awesome. goes to. Yeah. Well, man, Matt, thank you so much for, for being our guest on the Punch List podcast. I've enjoyed it. I see Matt Birdwell over here taking notes and I can't wait to listen back to it because there's a lot of great key points you talked about, not just about business, but about in life and being engaged. I think that's a good word. You're engaged not only in your company, but you're engaged in the community and that's important. So thank you for, for making our day better, for making the podcast better and making the community better. Uh, thank you guys. I've, I've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Punchless Podcast. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit the subscribe button and also follow us on Instagram at the Punchless Podcast.